Welcome to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. I am Jeff Bucknam. Normally, you'd hear the voice of Tommy Crates introducing this podcast. It has to do with, uh, our podcast has to do with uh, conversations because everybody's got a story in their life about how God is working and acting. And so we, we will be interviewing a couple of people here. But before that, we decided that we would send Tommy Crates on location to uh, Israel, and so he's coming in live. This is actually no joke. He actually is in Israel right now, and he's coming in live. Tommy, are you there? I am here. Tommy, I, I am. I am here, and I am. I am on scene in Israel right now, in Tiberias. Actually, ooh, is the Sea of Tiberias nearby? The Sea of Galilee is certainly the same right thing, next isn't to it? it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy, tell us a little bit about what you've learned about Israel while you've been wow. there. Come on. What, well, just something, I, something good. Okay. It's, uh, so one, the weather here is much better than it is in Chicago. I just got to say we've been at 70 degrees pretty much every day. Do you, when you say it to the people there, do you tell them that it's 70 degrees? Do you say that to them? Or do they use a different do, yeah. kind use, of measurement yeah. for, for they the... They do. They use Celsius. Oh, but I'm, like the I'm, rest I'm of the, the world. I'm a classic American. Yeah. I'm a classic American. And so I just say... So it's about 20... I, I do... It's about 21 Celsius there. 21, 22 Celsius. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're actually really good at like... Um, like knowing the conversion in their head as yeah. well. Which They're was rolling shocking. their eyes in their head while you're saying <laughs> yes. it. Yes, and also in person. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Uh, I've been here for, what's today? Uh, I've been here for three days. And for how long um, are you th- Are you there? I am here until the 28th, so I've got seven more days. Okay, all right. And right now we are... Uh, going through the the northern part of Israel, so we kind of uh, started in um, Tel Aviv and we went north, and now we're going east, which is so now we're on the Sea of Galilee, which is in northeast Israel, and then tomorrow we actually leave. Uh, or sorry, not tomorrow. Uh, Tommy, this yes, is riveting tomorrow, stuff. Yeah. The yeah, the tomorrow directions. we go down to the Dead Sea. South oh. of the Dead Sea into near Jerusalem. So I've been told the Dead Sea is a place that you can float on top of the water because it's got so much mineral. Are you going to jump in? I've heard. That, yes, absolutely. I can't wait. This is uh, tomorrow. We're going to be going to the Dead Sea. So I will. Uh, I'll oh. let you know, Tommy. I'll bef- let you know exactly. Well, before we came on, I was asking if you could collect some different waters from the area, the Dead Sea, Sea yep. of Galilee, Jordan River. Yes. And we can yep. mix it all together, perhaps in a pond behind Elgin. And then charge people yeah. to be baptized in it. Yeah, they do that here. Yeah, uh, I know they. <laughs> they charge you to be baptized in the Jordan. I think that you could probably find a location, maybe just down, but they got this whole setup for you. But yeah, we can. We they actually sell the water, uh, and so I could bring some of that back, and we could just p- dump it in the pond. And uh, well, what if we took a drop and put it in each one of the baptismal pools when we do baptism? Then we could tell hey, people it's a little bit it's of Jordan. kind of. There's a, a little, little bit, bit of Jordan, Jordan in, there. in there. A little <laughs> bit of Galilee. Well. See a Galilee. That is kind uh, of a weird thing, thing I, they do there, though, right? That is a little weird thing they yeah. do, as if being baptized in the Jordan gives you extra extra points or something before God. Yeah, you, you get super secret Christian powers uh, for being baptized in the Jordan. So it's it's very fun. I am, uh, 
I'm rooming with Kyle Meeker, Dr. Kyle Meeker. Yeah. Which is uh I've done that many days in my life. Many, 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 many days. Kyle and I've been friends for years and we've traveled together many times. And he is uh he he is he is a he's an interesting bird, old Kyle. He takes old a Kyle. usually old takes Kyle. a usually takes a nap around seven thirty till about nine. And then he wakes back yeah. up and he's up for the next four hours. It's the- yeah, he woke up at exactly four o'clock this morning um, to go read or do something. Uh, also, <laughs> in Israel, our uh, the the beds when you get two beds in a room, <laughs> they're really close together. So uh, our first our first bed, uh, our first hotel, it was probably about a foot, maybe a little more than a foot apart. Ooh. That's that we have now. It's about three inches. <laughs> so if I flail an arm over, I'm slapping Kyle during the night. Yeah. Well, it's uh, dealing with some of those nocturnal noises coming out of that guy. There's quite a few. Yeah. He's got a few. He's got some. So no, but it's been amazing to see like, uh, man, the, the Bible has been really coming to life. Uh, looking at all of these like actual places and seeing them. Give us a little tidbit. Name yeah. some, tell so me this, something that's come to life because you've been there. Yeah. So we went uh, to Capernaum today. His soul. And so, yeah, we have, we saw uh, some A sites. So there's like A sites, B sites, C sites, right? So A sites are sites that are um, almost like 100%. Uh, this is the historic site of, of what you would see in the Bible, right? Then B site is pretty sure and C is, you know, it's a bit shaky. So this was an A site, meaning that they're absolutely sure that, um, the, they've got, um, a synagogue. It's actually been built over, but it would be, uh, essentially the synagogue that was underneath that would be the one where Jesus would have gone in and spoken in the synagogue. And then also just a little bit away from that is Peter's house that they've found with all of the um, early Christian, uh, like uh, the the alpha symbol or the the, the Jesus yeah, yeah. fish that yeah. they would write, um, and so just really fascinating. Um, like that just makes it you like you see it. You're there. You were walking in a place where Jesus was. Uh, what was another really cool one? Um, was there anything in uh, Peter's house that you took it? It was, did you grab his toothbrush or anything? <laughs> they, don't like, they don't, they don't let you in. Oh. It's weird. I was like, Outside. Oh, no. can I go? I want to go down there. They're like, no, you can't go down there. I'm like, but he's my friend. <laughs> I'm going to spend eternity left, with him. It's I left. Be fine. Uh, yeah. Come on. I, I spent the night. I'd left something over there. I got to go grab it. They wouldn't let me in. Um, we, we also went to a place called, uh, uh, Mount Arbel, which is like, uh, it's almost like a cliff that's looking over, um, the ancient city of Magdala or uh, where Mary Magdalene is from. And you, from the, from that place you can see, because the sea of Galilee, by the way, is probably smaller than, than you think. It's more like a lake. It's a big lake, uh, but you can see the other side. It's not like uh, Lake Michigan Lake though. It's, it's not uh, like Lake Michigan nope. where you can't see across. You can see the other side. It's, it's about seven miles, I think long at its width. Uh, and it's longest and it's about 14 miles tall. It's a good sized lake. It's a good, it's good. It's big. It's big for a lake. But when you think of sea, you think of like the Mediterranean or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting to see, uh, that it it was, it was a little bit smaller and then, but on top of when you're on Mount Arbel, you can kind of see all of the, uh, 
you know, all of the northern side of, of Galilee, which is really where Jesus did a lot of his ministry. And so um, when he, what is it, Matthew 11, where he uh, says, woe to Capernaum and, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, and uh, uh, he says a couple of other, yep. uh, they're, they're like essentially casting judgment upon them. Uh, those, those cities aren't there anymore. Yeah. And the, and, and the ones that he doesn't mention like Tiberius, the ones that, that I'm in right now or Magdala, which were around then as well. Um, the ones that he doesn't woe to are still here. It's just like, just yeah. such a crazy, like you can see that. <laughs> yeah. It's like right in front of your eyes. That city's not there. This city is here. Um, it's like what Jesus said was real and true. And the Bible is accurate. And, um, it's amazing. It's just, it's, it's, it's really cool. Well, this so, has been that was a fun, really fun thing. This is great. Uh, we, we are going to catch up with you again on your travels. Yes. Yep. Uh, and, uh, right now we are going to jump into our conversation with Adam Skidmore. I had to get that information from our, from yes. our, uh, our production folks. And, uh, like I said, everybody's got a story and, uh, we're going to kick it over to me with Adam Skidmore right now. See what I did, Tom? Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. So here I am with Adam Skidmore, who is affectionately known around our church as Skid. That's true. Have you always been known just as Skid? Is that your is that your nickname? I mean, I've had it all the way since like elementary school. Really, just Skid. Everywhere I go, that's like all right. You go into football, you get some some worse versions of that. I bet. But, I bet you did. Yeah, I bet you did. Um, Adam is currently serving as our uh, director of production. Yes, yeah. and young adults director. Yep, and probably a thousand other things that I'm about to add. No, just kidding. Don't look. Don't look scared. <laughs> no, uh, you've been doing ministry for several years. How many years have you been in ministry? So I've been at Harvest since 2011, June of 2011. So. Right, and you began. I was told earlier today that you and Tommy Crates began ministry together as like production interns yeah as low on the totem pole as you can he was media services elgin i was media services meadows and we kind of did all the things the main production crew didn't do ever since then you have been climbing the corporate ladder <laughs> at harvest and now you've arrived near the top or at the top basically because you control the knobs that control what people are able to say publicly maybe something like that like, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Uh, before we get into it, how, what what does your family look like right so, now? So yeah, my wife Caroline. We've been married. Just had our eighth anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, still a miracle. I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> um, she's amazing. And we have three kids. Uh, Elliot. She's our oldest. She's four. Casey. She's two and a half. And then Bauer. He is seven months. Are you a hockey player? No. Because Bauer is like yeah, a hockey brand. 
Yeah, I know some people who are big hockey players, and they name their kid Bauer. Bauer Hayes. No, we're not. Uh, we're not hockey fans, but my wife just kind of had the name. I don't know where she got it from, but it, probably she saw it on Hockey Stick, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but she said I loved it. I'm like, let's let's go. Skid, are you? Uh, how old are you then? I'm 33. 33 years old. You got married then at 25 <clears throat> years yeah. old. Are you, is your wife older than you or younger? She is six months younger. Six months younger. Dude, you're robbing the cradle. What were you doing? <laughs> no? Uh, so did she like graduate from high school same year you did? Yeah, we actually, we actually, that's kind of how we met is we worked at the YMCA in high school. What? Yeah. So. Okay, we, we're going to get to the YMCA in high school. We got to do right. this in, under some kind of order. Okay. All right. I want to find out all about you, your likes and dislikes. Before we, I'm mixing it up a little bit. Before okay. we get going, if you could do anything on a given day. At all. What would it be? I mean, I am a big fan of working out. Like, I love to work out. What does that um, mean, though? What does working out mean? It means going into the gym, lifting heavy weights. Okay. And then at the end of that, feeling like conquered something. And uh, What's the heaviest weight you've lifted? I have put up 375 on the bench. Okay. Which isn't, I mean, it's, it's all right. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I just for me lifting is something that for things are like it really is very therapeutic. Where is the me. place that you lift the YMCA? <laughs> no, our Elgin campus. <laughs> so you lift at the church. I lift at the church. Okay. Yeah. And you're do you do, are you a guy who decides leg day is not for you? Are you skipping you skipping leg day? Are you? I actually. I was that guy. Oh, yeah. And recently, mm. I've actually gotten... You kept falling over, and you <laughs> thought, you know what, I might need to... Someone would kick my leg, and I would just fall to the ground. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I've started doing this thing where you can load up a sled. They have a sled you can put weights on. Yeah. It, and I've been pulling it backwards as Ooh. part of my cardio, and it has been fantastic. And so I consider that my leg stuff. My son is a baseball player, and this is what they do every day. They you, push, push and pull sleds. Do you know why it's so good to pull a sled? Uh, because it makes you feel like Santa Claus? That, and uh, we're so used to walking forward that like so much of knee injuries come from that repetitive motion. And by doing the reverse of it, it actually helps to strengthen your knees in a different direction. It's wow. something that I at least heard. I Whether or not it's true, I don't know. I've heard talking backwards strengthens your vocabulary. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So listen, here we are. Uh, you you grew up in where? What area? Where where are you from? So Where's your hometown? Yeah, so I'm local. We we grew up in Palatine our whole lives. Holy I, cow! I literally haven't gone anywhere. Wow, at yeah, all? Ever? My parents haven't moved once. And so. you haven't moved once? You just? I mean, we got our first house in Hoffman Estates, and then well, our second one. Move. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> big move. And then uh, we went to West Dundee. So I, not super adventurous. Okay. Is that true? Are you not super adventurous or is it just kind of that's how things have turned out? I would say I play things pretty safe. Like I go with like what I'm comfortable with. And so I don't take like huge risks. Okay. And so even going like I went to college at Elmhurst. So like that was local. I just I think one of my biggest fears, honestly, is up and moving and going to somewhere where you have no community and mm. you have to start from scratch. Mm. Like that's actually probably one of my biggest fears. Mm. Yes. So I, I haven't know, done it. <laughs> I, I know what that is. Yes, it is not easy. Yeah. Um, so you're from Palatine. Yeah. You were born into a family that was 
Christian? Yeah. Um, so my dad is kind of like the first link in the chain. Um, he was kind of, he didn't, he grew up in a pretty tough home. Um, he dealt with a lot and then, um, came to know the Lord and then, uh, was dating my mom. She was not a Christian, brought, uh, brought her to the faith. And then, um, was raised in a in a real wonderful Christian home. My parents are were fantastic parents and raised us, you know, very well. I, I like now that I'm in that phase, it's like the respect that I have for them just keeps immensely growing because it's not easy. Like it's it's really hard. And so they they did a really good job of being intentional with raising us well. And who's and us? Me, my brother uh, Eric. So I'm the oldest. My brother is three years younger, and then I have a sister who's ten years younger. Yeah, that's similar to my family, except my yeah, it's about right. My my daughter is yeah. nine years younger than my oldest, and yeah. my, the second is about three years away from my. It's tough because, like my sister, I feel like only in the past couple of years have we really actually started to develop like a more tighter knit relationship. Because yeah. when she was eight, I was eighteen, so I was like out of the house, and and so, which is cool now. I mean, now we're now we're we've really kind of developed that, but like. It, it's kind of hard to connect on that level. And so that's, I think, one way for us, you know, with as much control as you have in it, with our kids, we were trying to keep everyone kind of tight. Okay. Is three all you're doing? Yeah, we're done. Until I start praying, you mean? Uh, we're going to start praying. Okay. But this, when I start praying, brother, I just got to let you know that, it, you know, doublets and triplets start showing up. <laughs> My wife might come after you. <laughs> She'd be too worried, worn down with the doublets. And yeah. So uh, you grew up in Palatine. Did you go to Palatine High School? Ooh, I ride my, mm. my scooter by Fremd all the time. Yeah. What is, the, what is Fremd known for, by the way? Um, I mean, when I was there, our football team was really good. We had gone to the playoffs 18 years in a row. Wow. Still pretty good. Yeah, I think they're okay. I heard Palatine starting to take some. There was a big rival between... Uh, Fremd and Palatine and we it wasn't really when we were there it was pretty one-sided and now I've heard it's kind of start to go the way to we're go Pal- to Palatine yeah and so a lot of the coaches who were there I mean there's a guy Donatucci who he was there all 18 years it was yeah. a program he kind of built he was pretty crazy but also you a football player yeah I did football and baseball there okay let's talk a little bit about your football okay uh were you did you grow up playing football or did you just pick it up when you were in high school I wanted to like were you one of the kids who has those oversized helmets <laughs> I wanted to be one of those kids, but um, in junior high, my grades weren't good enough. Ooh. And so my parents put the hammer down or like, you're not going to play football because you can't get good enough grades. And so um, I picked it up in high school. Okay. So freshman year, which which kind of stinks because, you know, anyone who plays, you know, backyard tackle football, when you throw the pads on, it's a whole different yeah. game. So yeah. it took a little while to get used to, but. Yeah. And they ruined your chances at the NFL. For sure. Yeah. There's a little bitterness there. So what position are you playing baseball then? So baseball, I would do third base and then pitcher. Okay. Righty, lefty? Righty, yeah. Okay, what, how fast is the fastest you've ever thrown? <laughs> I threw 88. 88. I know it doesn't touch your What's son, your best pitch? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, was, I was okay. Fastball I, your best pitch? Probably. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have a great curveball. I was okay. Could you locate your fastball? I would say so, yeah. Do you ever throw deliberately at somebody? Um... I'm sure there was a time or two that that happened. Oh, I wow. can't remember, but I'm sure okay. there was a time that. Did you make that choice yourself or did you, uh, oh, you can't even remember when it happened. No, I, I don't. Or did the coach say? There was never a time yeah. where a coach came up to me and told me to hit someone. Yeah. 
Except he said, I hate this kid at the plate. You might want to think about doing something about that. Right, right. (laughs) So, yeah, so it was was interesting, too, because football, like, football was literally, like, the coaches wanted that to be your life. Yeah. In high school. Like, literally, if you didn't show up to summer, like, people didn't show up to the summer practice. Like, they would come to your house. I'm not even kidding. Like, they would come to to people's houses and be like, where's your kid? Really? Yeah. What position did you play in football? I was fullback. So I was the guy that cleared cleared the hole for block. Yeah. Did you get to carry the ball much? Um, I would say freshman year and sophomore year I did. But by the time we got to junior and senior year, they had kind of moved into the fullback very much being the guy that kicked people out of the yeah, way. Yeah, you're and like a, another lineman just yeah. in the backfield. Yep. And did so you like this job? I loved it. I got to hit people really hard, and that was fun. Okay. <laughs> like that, honestly, like I just I, – I loved being physical and just like – that's the guy. Yeah, That's get that your guy. favorite part of foot. Was your favorite part of football? Just was the hitting. Was just like sizing up someone and being like, "I'm going to move that guy out of the way yeah. so that this guy can win." And I'm going to love doing that. What was your best play ever in football? Was it a block you made for a big for a big touchdown, or did you get to carry it? Did I you mean, catch the ball out of the backfield and run for a touchdown? There was some times where I caught it out of the, the backfield and you know trucked some guys and, and never uh, did you have you ever scored a touchdown? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I've scored touchdowns. Oh, you say that like yeah. I've been, I've done that lots before. Yeah, freshman year I had a game where I had 175 yards. What? But you know, it's like all-purpose yards or running? Uh, pretty much running because our quarterback couldn't really throw it super well, so they just did. We had like four plays, I feel like, and yeah. each one was just like a different side of the field. And so. your job was you just kept trucking guys. Yeah, it was fun. You'd be hard to bring down. You're a big guy. Yeah, even in you know, I've always kind of been a bigger guy. Um, even in like like. Freshman year of high school, I was like 165, yeah. and then by the time I was a senior in high school, I was 235. So I've always been. Yeah. Are you? Uh, what was your mo- best memory from playing football for all those years? In all honesty, um, you know, there was a lot of friends that when you do it for four years straight, that you just you develop like camaraderie and all that, and um, there's just a lot of really good guys that. Even to this day, I still talk with that I think is a lot of fun. Because it, it's really hard. I mean, like the summers, we were doing two or three days. We were doing 12 hours a day. Talk to me about two or three days. Some of <laughs> you were listening. have like Some guys would be nodding, thinking, yeah, two a day, three days. Well, I don't understand. Three days in football. Yeah, it's basically like taking two or three practices and piling them on together. And it was just would like, you, How much of a break would you get between them? Not much. So like an early morning, midday, late day. Yeah, I mean, it was like you'd be getting maybe half hour break if that. What? Yeah, we would do like a half hour water break before that. Maybe eat your lunch, and then, like, it's cra- when I think back to it, like it's kind of crazy we were allowed to do that because there was days where I would drink, you know, four gallons of water, and I, you know, you'd still need to drink because you know the, the the heat sun. Well, they do it in like August. Mm, no, we do it. All summer. What? Yeah. So how how many practices would you do? These kids die from this. You know that. It's different now. It, this is this was like two thousand four. Okay. And so like I mean, yeah, I remember you know kids would in high school students you know we'd be taking people would be taking things like pre workouts and things like that and like it was dangerous because people would people had died from like taking too much caffeine or things like that that would literally it's, it's a problem. So we had to be really careful on how. We were hydrating and everything because it was it was intense. So needless to say, like all this intensity from doing it, it just was like one of those things where it kind of 
bound people together of like yeah. we made it through we made it through the summer or we made it through this year and so that's something that I walked away with and I think it it did it did bring a sense of toughness to like mental toughness and kind of it just taught you how to work hard yeah so I, I like that. Was your family uh, a Christian family then, and you went to church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been at, we so not only have I worked at Harvest since 2011, but I've attended since 2001. I think. Whoa! So fifth grade is when we started. Wow. Yeah. What so, were your best memories of those days? Where did you go? Did you go to church somewhere else before? Do you remember yeah, that at all? I do. <laughs> we went to this place called Abundant Life. That was a very charismatic church. Okay. And. I mean, I was young, but what I do remember was 45 minutes away. So we would leave at like nine o'clock and then services were like two to two and a half hours. And then afterwards, people would hang out for another like hour, hour and a half. And then we'd have a 45 minute drive back. And I would honestly, I'd be like, Sundays are the worst. I literally, (laughs) because then we get home, my parents would take a nap and they're like, you're going to take a nap too, because we're taking a nap. So but it would be like three, four o'clock and it's like, all right, now what do we do? (laughs) Like our day's over. So so that was very different. I remember when we came to Harvest and how just much of a, I just felt that even at fifth, in fifth grade, I was like, I told my parents, I'm like, please tell me this is like where we're going to go. Yeah. I just, it was so drastically different and in so many great ways. And so, yeah. And then from there, I mean, my parents still attend and they're super faithful. My mom serves in a kid's ministry. I have met your father. Yeah. At Rolling Meadows. Forrest. Yeah. He's yeah. a fun guy. He is. He's him and my mom are very about as polar opposites as yeah. can be, but uh, he's the best. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been here a long time. Do your family members, your brother and your sister, live nearby? Yeah. So well, my brother does. My sister actually. This is something that I'm just like I give so much props to her. She got married uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, and a week later, because her husband's in the military and had to move to Washington, they move. They Washington moved, State? Uh, D.C. No. Oh. They moved to Washington, sorry, Washington, D.C. And, you know, a week into being married. And I'm just like, did everything that's my biggest fear. And so I've just been like, she's she's a rock star. She just, she's been handling it super well, super mature. And so and my brother lives, but uh, he lives with my parents, and he's actually getting married Sunday. Congratulations to so, him. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So. Are you in the wedding? I am. What are you doing? I am giving a speech. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Can you give the, by the way, I think this is going to be put out after this, after the wedding. I'm just looking over some of our production guys. Yeah. Okay. So uh, give us a little taste of the speech. Well, the big thing is he, <laughs> we joke, we've joked for a while that his speech at my wedding was pretty bad. And right. So I'm going to start it off by like saying. Like bad how? Like. He winged it and just like we were sitting there, it would start off bad and we were like waiting for it to get better and better. I'm like, oh, it's it's not going to happen. No. And it just like, was like. When will the organization kick in, kid? Yeah. And so I'm just going to start it off by being like, well, you set the bar very low, so I can only go up from here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but you know, he's someone, I'm just going to talk about how. Do you have a recording of his speech at yours? No. But I remember. I mean, okay. You should, you should see. Well, you don't have one. Man, that would have been great. You could have just. Tried to quote as much as as you could. I wasn't thinking it was going to be so memorable. And then it was memorable for the reasons I didn't want it to be. <laughs> so. Does but, he know that it was a really bad speech at your wedding? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, we, we so all, he's we, not expecting a lot from you. No. I'm going to start off the way, but I'm going to be pretty gracious. Like are you going to use like a, what do they call it when you use the same letter, the, the letters of it, like his name? 
What is that called? Oh, I don't know. Anagram? An Anacronym. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not that clever. Come um, on. But no, I'm just gonna. You talk. should do it based on marriage. M A R R. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna probably wing it a little bit myself, but I'll be kind. All right. I want to. Well, you're a kind guy. You're not gonna have a go at him. I don't think. No, he he's he's a good dude. He's good. he's a really good dude, and he's uh, I'm really proud of him. He's he's 31, and so part of what I, his he kind of got a late start on things. Kind of had to. He's in a good spot now, as well. Yeah, that's say. good. Yeah, he's he's doing really really good, and he's he's actually doing physical therapy, which is awesome. He's yeah. like he's that's crushing great. it, and met a fantastic lady, and they're gonna be. I love it. Doing good. So, uh, at Harvest, did you ever think you were going to work there? Like when you were a kid, no. you, you were growing up, what did you want to do with your life? You know, I, I really enjoyed music. And okay. so I went to Elmhurst College for music business. I got a scholarship for classical guitar. For, and for music business? Mm-hmm. Like what is, so like you were going to be the producer of a band or you were going to be like the manager or what, what were you going to do to work friend, in Nashville? Yeah. I had a best friend who did the same thing and I'm just like, that sounds cool. And you know, I was, I was an idiot. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but it sounded cool. And so I just knew I liked the music. And so I went in with like doing classical guitar and then, you know, I did the music business degree because I'm like, that seems balanced and whatnot. And, and so, but I went through and, and uh, basically at the end of that, I like, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? What were you going to do with it? <laughs> I don't, I didn't What do know. people do with it? So typically they would be like, so with like vertical, you would be like on that record label kind of working out okay. all the details of, you know. Things like would, an agent. Would yeah. you do an agent's yeah. work? Yeah, that would be, that would be part of it. That could be one thing, could be on the copyright side, you know. I, what did a, you learn in your classes though? I don't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, you know. Yeah, it's so money, money well spent. Yeah, that would be like probably the one. Dude, I thing. can't remember. Just so you know, like I think about my undergrad, I I only remember uh, little things. Like I had a professor named Professor Horn, and he was about he was like a four <laughs> foot eleven. Uh, uh, where was he from? Vietnamese, maybe. Man? Yeah. Anyway, he taught about the European, he was teaching us about European intellectual history and he kept talking about horses and I could barely understand his English, Yeah, but I just remember him talking about horses. I, to this day, I don't know how I passed that class. That's what stinks is like, you wish you were more mature at that stage. Cause I had a, like my scholarship that I had were grade dependent. And so what I would do in every class, I would just figure out what I needed to do to totally. get the grade. And That's then right. you wouldn't learn no. anything. Once you finish, it's like, yeah, all right, education is wasted on the young. So, but I get to end of my, end of my, it's okay. Money's wasted on the old, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like how nice a table do you need? You don't need a nice table. You could go do something fun with that. Yeah. Right. Like buy a scooter. Yes. That goes 60 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, get to end of college and I'm like, what am I going to do? And then I just also, I had this idea of audio in the background in my mind. I'm like, I've always thought that was interesting. I served at Harvest a little bit doing audio and I thought that that was cool. And, and so I'm like, maybe, you know, I did a six month internship. I had to do an internship to graduate. And so I did that at Willow Creek actually with, Hmm. at the time there was two guys there who were really, really good with that. And so I, I did a six month internship learning from a guy named Ron Cook and Scott Ragsdale who aren't there anymore, but they were just incredible audio engineers and learn from them. And then 
uh, <laughs> right out of, out of that, I got hired by John Smith, who was the children's pastor at that time. And for whatever reason, this media services role that we talked about that me and Tommy were doing was managed by the children's. Wow. So John Smith hired you mm -hmm. to be here at yeah, Harvest. He did. To be the media service, couple of media services grunts. Yeah. And he was my first boss and it was fantastic. And then from there, I just kind of, I would say the name of the game was not to let people know how green I was at audio and how little I knew. I just tried to, you know, yeah. fake my way through it. Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. I remember uh, getting brought onto the produ production team. I had used a digital console two times and then they threw me on a 40 city bus tour. And, wow. Um, it's as ridiculous. as. Did you time. actually ride on a bus mm -hmm. through 40 cities? I did 21 of the dates and I was, we were in bunk beds on a bus driving. Did you like that? I loved it. Why? Cause it was, I mean, I was 22 and so it was like, I was living the dream. Everyone else I think who was on there had been in ministry for a while and they're all like tired. And, and I was just like, but I was fresh and I was just like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. And you know, we were traveling with our own console, but we didn't travel with our own speakers. And so it was a crash course on going to all these different um, places and having to get the same sound with all these different things. And so it really like from beginning to end, when I came back from that, like I was a different person when it came to mixing because I had to hone in on like so many different skills to try and replicate on each night. And I just remember coming back just, and even the people who were on the production team when I was mixing on weekends, they're like, well, what happened? And it's just like, it was an intensive period of learning and it was awesome. If I want to become an audio engineer, what are the particular skills that I would need to have like going into it? I would say it's a very interesting clash of technical and creativity, creativity or musicality, you know. And so I would say you need to have some level of understanding, very technical things on how to use an audio console, how to do yeah. Patch patching, stuff up. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. But then also there's the musical side where, you know, 99% of audio mixers who are good, typically have some sort of a musical background because you have to be able to know the frequencies, know what the music is supposed to sound like. And there's all these problems you have to kind of work through to get there. And so I would say the biggest thing is, is training your ears. We call it ear training where you learn the frequency spectrum and how those fit into all the different instruments. And mm. so you know how to, um, how to EQ things well. And then, you know, I would just say listen to a lot of music. Uh, yeah. For me, I, I remember just very specific times where I heard someone maybe have their, you know, electric or their bass sound a certain way. I'm like, I've never heard mine sound like that. I'm going to go talk to that guy yeah. and be like, how did you do that? And then you, you take that tool with you and yeah. you just keep adding on to that. And where I'm at now is is on hundreds of people who are willing to share that information and help Well, me. and now you've become one of those people. Yeah, exactly. The people come and say, how did you get that sound out of that? And I never understood the person. There was some people who would, would, wouldn't share. And I'm like, I don't understand that. And so I'm just like, give it away. Yeah, absolutely. Give it all away. Are you, uh, you said that you were into classical guitar. <laughs> like how much John Denver did you listen to when you were a kid? None. The, the, the funny thing, I didn't play classical guitar before I got into college either. They were like, literally, either you can do jazz guitar or you can do classical mm -hmm. guitar. And so I literally was like, I knew this like <laughs> six months going in and I spent six months getting good at classical guitar to be able to go there. 
I just think it sounds better if I'm giving you that background of Country Road while you're saying it. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Who's your favorite classical guitarist? Um, there's a guy named. Uh, funny enough, I don't. I haven't played in a while, but Andrew. Uh, I can't even think of his last name. Keggy. No, not Phil Keggy. Phil Keggy. My dad's a big. He yeah, loves. He is. Yeah. Um, I forget what his last name was, but Van Halen. Not Van Halen. No, no, Van Halen. He's he's not really classical guitar. No, um, no. <laughs> um, that's the funny thing is I did it for a period of time and then it was something that I kind of just was like, you're done with it. Yeah. And so I haven't picked up a classic guitar probably in, I don't know, five years. If you did though, what could you play for us? Um, what are the pieces? I mean, there's a piece called Marley's ghost. That's a really cool one that I like. There's, I don't think you're gonna know any of the pieces okay. that, that, I, that I play because honestly, like I what would somebody who was in the classical guitar you'd end up playing in a orchestra, right? Yeah. So one of the things that was cool is we had an orchestra of where you would have four part music, and so like we'd have sixteen classical guitar players that we would actually four people per part, and we'd all play together, wow. and we would go to festivals, we would go to like different things that we would play at, and it was it was pretty cool. It was like. And it, it, it's kind of a niche thing. Like, not every college even has that. No, so. I imagine they wouldn't. Yeah. So it was cool. It was a very cool experience. So, what, what, like, what is your favorite music now? You know, honestly, I like a lot of of everything. If it's, if it's Everything? Okay. Let's just go down the track here. Country Western. Your favorite country Western music. I don't really like country. Okay. You said everything. I did say everything. That was a lie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like country. I'm not super into rap, but, like, I love, like... I would say I love rock. I mean, I listened to a lot of 80s metal. All right, 80s metal. Give um, me some 80s metal. Fit your favorite 80s metal. My favorite guitarist all time was Randy Rhodes. He played for uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah. Which, um, he, yeah, Crazy Train. Everyone knows that song. He's mm-hmm. like, that That would be, he's my favorite guitarist of all time. And then, um, I mean, you can name you know, Metallica, all those kind of guys. Yeah. I, was, I really into... Enter Sandman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. My parents were thrilled with all my music choices growing up. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if, you, if you're a Googler out there, you really do need to uh, Google uh, University of West Virginia, Enter Sandman. Okay. Oh, am I wrong? No, Virginia Tech. Sorry. Enter Sandman. Okay, go home. When you do this, all right, I'll do what it. you'll end up finding out is that they, they play Enter Sandman at the beginning of their games, yeah. and the team comes out to it. It is it's pretty hypey. Like you, <laughs> it's pretty cool. The other one is Wisconsin. They do that jump around one. You know what I'm talking about? Like their football games. Yeah, people get creative with their marching bands. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even the marching. They played over the speakers, and everybody oh, jumps gotcha. up and down. And Yeah. Yeah, pretty fun. That's cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm into... Even now, like, like there's a lot of indie music I like. So I, I just kind of say if it's good music, like, I'll find something that I enjoy about it, basically. Okay. Are you the kind of person who's always looking for the next band, and then when it becomes popular, you're no longer interested? Um, No. I'm usually actually the one that's probably late to the game. Okay. I, but I just, like, I will, anyone who tells me to listen to something, I'll listen to it, All and right. then if I think it's good. If you gave me your phone right now, how much One Direction is on it? <laughs> I mean, just listen, you're talking to a pastor right now. I, am. I want the truth. How much One Direction is on the phone right now? How many in your playlists? That is how not much, a guilty pleasure of mine. How much One Direction? <laughs> That's not a guilty pleasure of mine. All right, fine. How much Harry Styles? Um, none. 
Okay. I'm well, if what... your wife ever listens to this and she has different information, could you just let us know? Yeah. I don't know what I would consider my guilty pleasure, honestly. <laughs> okay, so I, so I have I have this uh, playlist I think I've said to people before. It's called Dad's Hard to Kill Funky Fresh Mix. It used to be Dad's Funky Fresh Mix, where I just put whatever song's on. It is eclectic. And by eclectic, I mean <laughs> Adele to LL Cool J to... <laughs> To public enemy, like honestly, How did it's all over the place. This? And then the occasional vertical worship song <laughs> thrown in there. How did you create this? I have country western stuff on there. Like I, I don't care. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna categorize it. So it's got like uh, 500 songs, and I, I put them all on there. And and some people have said, oh, what's the, what's this one song that you hope no one ever finds out? <laughs> and so then I tell them because it's, I don't care. Celine Dion, uh, that's the way it is. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. Is that the one? It, yeah. That's it, right? That's the way it is. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. I know. <laughs> this one that I'm talking about is even worse. Oh. But it's great. That's the way. Yeah, I don't know. Some Whitney Houston on there. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Does Ethan dig it? Yeah. All my kids. My kids love that playlist they play it because it's so eclectic it's like yeah. the best traveling music ever because uh, you never know what you're going to get it's honestly it's like spinning the wheel at wheel of fortune you don't know you might go bankrupt you also <laughs> might get a thousand well it's a public playlist though for all of you out there spotify dad's hard to kill funky fresh mix you're welcome i'll look it up yeah, i bet you will i'll add it to my workout playlist <laughs> what do you so you hope to be in music ministry for all your days? Not really. You like I, you and I, when we met just about a year ago, I think your heart has been into kind of expanding into other kinds of ministry now. So what do you yeah. want to do when you grow up, buddy? You know, I think I'll always have a heart for mixing. Like I really enjoy mixing. And that's something that like I hope to do, you know, until I can't hear anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I really in- still enjoy doing that. But, um, yeah, there was a point in 2020 actually where I was just I was I think I was ready to to step into something different and I remember you know approaching you on that with we had kind of started a little bit of a young adults ministry and you know I had come to this point where I was leading production and leading <laughs> leading young adults. Hey, wait. That, sounds <laughs> that sounds very familiar. Um and you know um at the time I was like I'd really like to because young adults wasn't really established. It was something that was very still organic. And, and, uh, and so we were, I wanted to give it a, a a fair shake basically. And so I just was like, I'd like to jump into that fully. And Mm -hmm. you were very gracious in in kind of supporting me in that. And, you know, we're two years into it and Mm -hmm. it's been going, you know, really, really great by the way, everybody who's, I don't know if anyone who's listening to this doesn't go to HYA. You should be going to HYA. I, I, I've spoken there, what, three, four times? Something yeah. like that. And loved every single time. It's fantastic. It's, it's great, a great group of people. And it's been, you know, it's been a really amazing experience because, you know, the insecurity of my side was like, I have a team here who are like, wait, we're going to do Young and Olsen and be led by this production guy? Like, what mm. gives? And so I think it really f- put me in a place where um, – I really relied on a team of people who had a lot of wide range of skill sets to where I would say HYA is so much of that, of so many people pouring into it with, from their vantage point and 
it's just yeah we have a fantastic team yeah and so i am a pri- it's a privilege to be able to be on it and so it's you know we have a, we have one tonight i know i'm looking forward to it and it's just it's really been a sweet season and i've it's how often does it meet so right now we do uh our what we call our all-campus gathering we do that twice a month uh first and third thursdays and then we have what we call community groups which is very much campus specific yeah so we have one for elgin we have one for meadows and basically we it's it's a place where, where um, guys and girls can kind of meet and build tighter knit community. And then we go through the message application guide. Yeah. And we, I went to the Elgin one uh, last week and it was just fantastic. The conversations yeah. that are being had. So if you're, I mean, if you're a young adult, uh, harvest is a pretty fun spot to have yeah. those I kinds mean, of things. It's one of the things I actually hope our church was just actually talking to uh, a guy who's on our lead team. And we were, we were just saying that you know one of my prayers is over the next number of years is that the church uh, has a youth infusion, <laughs> and yeah. that's not because you know I think that there, there's any value in younger or older or anything. I just uh, there's so many young younger people, and by that I mean in their twenties and thirties who are who have left the church. That I would love, I would love it if the church has uh, more of that. But in order for that to happen, I think you need to actually have uh, people that age having significant roles of leadership. And, you know, yeah. where people that age learn that, oh, actually, this is a place where I can use my gifts and they'll be valued. And I'm not just put in the corner to use my gifts with the little guys. It's it's I'm, you know, you're part yeah. of the big scene. I remember looking at my last church one day. I was We had this big open office and I looked across the whole office and I was like, holy smokes, they're all millennials. No wonder I hate it so much here. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Though. But it, but you at, at that point, I thought, okay. And if you looked at our congregation over the the last several years into that was we were growing through a lot of the millennial age because they, they felt like, Oh, this is a place where, you know, I can be valued even though I'm not 50. Yeah. I think that's something that we're working through right now very much is trying to find avenues to really, and I love the direction that we're going even as a church to have, you know, one example that I'll give actually is we just moved all of our social media over to um, volunteer Led and there's there's one guy in particular. Shout out to Tyler Newman who's leading a team of volunteers to do the social media for all of HYA. And they're you know I, obviously I'm involved, but I'm not the one pushing. It. And I think that's a really beautiful example of what we're hoping to see happen in a lot of different areas there as well. Yeah. So every weekend, uh, somebody from the social media they take pictures. It's usually Wesley, I think. He's take and he takes a picture from one of the aisles in uh, usually on a Saturday night, one of the aisles mm-hmm. and I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> it, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to pose for it because I can see him over there yeah. taking my picture. So we should just make it an official moment where, where I'll pose like I'm making a really mm-hmm. good point and then he can sit down and stop taking my picture. Cause I hate my picture being taken. When are you going to do it? No, I, well you, you watch buddy. Okay. I'm going to yeah, watch. I'm going to actually wear my, uh, my my tight tank top. And you have I'm one of those? Be, yeah, dude. And I'm going to just pop out the guns. Right? Guns. Sun's oh, out, is guns. that what we're calling them? Sun's out, guns out. And I'm going <laughs> to... So at least, at least, yeah, people online have a little something to look at. Yeah. That's <laughs> one way of putting it. Dude, seriously, <laughs> the worst thing in the world is actually to have people take pictures of you and post it online. Oh. You're like, oh, goodness. Because you don't, you can't be like. Well, and you sit not. there and you say, Lord, why did you call me into a ministry? I have yeah. to stand in front of people. I'm much better on radio. <laughs> yeah. I think that's 
part of the reason why I like like production a lot. Is yeah, because you, you try to make get to be behind the scenes. Yeah, you you get a lot. Like <laughs> since I've been here, you've had to use. There's a lot of lipstick in that in the back. Yes. Still a pig, but it's you get a lot of lipstick on it. <sighs> yes. Stop! Stop agreeing. You're <laughs> supposed to say, "No, Jeff, you're fine." <laughs> so, uh, uh, look, I've loved talking to you, mm-hmm. and I actually really think you're a great guy. I know I don't make it sound like way to other people, but I feel like now I'm I talking you're to public things. Yeah. No, but it's really been fun to yeah to hang out with you and work with you this last year. It's been great. To see how God's using you and doing some really great things. I feel like I want to ask you some lightning round questions okay. though at the end, right? You Let's ready? I'm These ready. Are very quick, very quick questions. Okay, I'm not very quick. In yeah. the mind, Favorite though. baseball team? Uh, Cubs. Favorite basketball team? Bulls. Favorite football team? Bears. How long will Justin Fields last in the NFL? Two and a half years. Whoa! Wow, I hope you're not a prophet. Me too. <laughs> We were really excited when he got drafted, and it hasn't worked out super well so far. Has it ever worked out for the Bears? Mm, Seriously, really. name a quarterback that it's worked out for. Us. And do, you're going to have to go back. Even Jim McMahon was not good. No, I mean, I don't. You could argue, argue ever. No, it's yeah, it's it's been a dry, dry. It's tough. Dry season. Do you um, vote? Yes. You are you a, are you an advocate of a certain viewpoint in voting? You're very conservative or liberal? Am I even allowed to ask that? I don't know if you are, but I do have a viewpoint, yes. I do have a viewpoint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, we'll give it away right now. Okay. Uh, you country boy or a city guy? <laughs> uh, I'm not a city guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about uh, the country or about the suburbs? Um, I just like that it's slow pace, quiet, and uh, peaceful. Where would you go on vacation if you go anywhere? Um, if I could go anywhere, I would go to New Zealand. Would your kids be with you? Um, am I paying for this trip? <laughs> <laughs> now we'll we'll fly in there with you. Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> when you go to New Zealand, you let me know. I I can. Yeah. I'll hook you up, man. All right. Give you some great places to stay. Lots and lots of dear, dear people. And one of the great things about New Zealand is the culture there is very, very hospitable. And so if yeah. you know a Kiwi, you are welcome basically at every one of the, that Kiwi's friends' homes. doesn't yeah. matter. This is a, even if you have the loosest affiliation, they'll be like, yeah, come on, man. Fine. Yeah. I Hopefully someday it happens. It'd yeah. be really cool. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, I love you too, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for being here. And for the rest of you, we'll catch you next time.